the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, after the big sell-off that we got yesterday to start off the week, we got a bit of a mixed market today. We did uh, finish with two out of our four major indexes higher on the day today, but well off the lows for our indexes that did finish lower on the day. But we thought we might get a little bit more of a bounce for this you know, bear market rally that we were looking for here ahead of the inflation data coming out this week. You know, we had Biden speaking on it today. Uh, we were looking for them to start taking credit for inflation having peaked. We didn't quite get that though. Uh, but tomorrow we get the latest consumer price index, the CPI. And then on Thursday, we also get the producer price index. But the CPI this time around is expected to show a 0.2% month over month increase, but having CPI decrease on a year over year inflation rate from 8.5% that we saw last month to 8.2% this month. Uh, And you know, if that's the case, we certainly could get a pretty good bear market rally. All of our major indexes and sectors are at such extreme oversold levels here. The rubber band has been stretched so far that we really are due for a bounce here. And I'll get into all of that here today. But really, back to the inflation numbers, you can see it already from the financial talking heads, from the mainstream media in general. We get a a slightly better than expected print tomorrow and they'll, they'll they'll lose their minds. We've seen peak inflation. The worst is behind us. Right. Uh, and, and everybody can go about their lives now. And don't be worried about inflation. Although we know that the real number here on inflation is much, much higher than what the official number is. But then again, on Thursday, we'll receive the producer price index and similar story here. If it's below the readings, they'll say we've seen peak inflation and a little bit of an anecdotal story here. But I was at the grocery store last night, and of course, we've all seen the rise in grocery prices from meat and dairy products um, to produce items. Everywhere across the board, you've seen increase in prices, home, uh, you know, cleaning supplies, everything. Um, But here's something that I haven't seen since really the onset of coronavirus insanity, at least not here in Texas. I've heard it from our clients, heard it from friends who live in other states, uh, but that is the rationing of certain products. Now we've seen it in, in certain categories, but the reason why I bring it up here, you know, like in March, 2020, we saw toilet paper or paper towels being rationed. But for the first time last night, they were rationing uh, meat products, namely chicken. And it wasn't an extreme ration. Actually, the ration was higher than what I would have bought either way. But I guess that's to prevent people from hoarding. But it's not a very welcoming sign there, right? You don't like to see that they're rationing these products. You like to think that there's going to be plenty of them. But the shelves were certainly, certainly more bare than I've seen them here in Texas as far as meat products go, dairy products. Uh, So... A little frightening when you think about how much the media has been talking about food shortages, 
You've likely seen the shortage of baby formula. That seems to be the worst as of right now, but you've seen it in the food processing plants that have unexplainably been going down. And it makes you think, remember how in 2019, they did a war games on a potential worldwide pandemic. And it just happened to be a flu pandemic. And they were doing it to quote unquote prepare for that type of of an event. Well, it's a little frightening to see they're preparing, gaming out what a food shortage would look like now. So, you know, only time will tell, not fully putting on my conspiracy theorist hat here, but that was the orders of event that led up to the pandemic. Uh, Hopefully we're not seeing any type of similar scenario here now, but I guess at the end of the day, that's one way to solve inflation. If you can't buy anything at all, then prices can't go up. Uh, God, I hope, you know, of course, that that's not the actual scenario. But back to the CPI number, tomorrow's number really will be an important tell. Uh, Jay Powell, of course, last week talked a big game about how he thinks they have it under control. A lot of people questioning the credibility of the Federal Reserve at this point. Uh, So if we did get a pretty good reading here, that might start to give people some confidence back in the Federal Reserve. But looking at our markets on the day, it was a it was a volatile day really. You know, we opened higher, quickly fell, tried to rally a little bit, fell again, and then we were able to get some slight gains into the close. But interesting, the VIX was nowhere to be found. The VIX was down over 5% on the day today, still at a very elevated, basically a 33 here. Um but in our view overall, any rallies from here really will likely continue to be bear market rallies, at least in the continued short term, until we see a real capitulation type of event. And for us to tell you a little bit about what that looks like, Kip has covered this a lot as well. That is a real blood in the streets kind of day. I'm not far from what we saw yesterday where we had, you know, one of the biggest down days we've seen since coronavirus insanity for a number of areas. Oil at the lows of the day was in that was in a similar category. Uh, NASDAQ down a big 4%, but even more aggressive than what we saw yesterday. Right now at this point, we've still got a lot of investors out there looking to buy the dip. Uh, you know, bulls are harder and harder to come by now, but still the buy the dip mentality seems to be in. So once we get to a point where everyone is bearish and we're hitting a 52-week low and people are still thinking the market's going to go lower, the put-call ratio remains an elevated 1.5 or so. And remember the typical and average put-call ratio is about a 0.7. So about a double that uh, put-to-call buying. That would signal a real type of capitulation event and the VIX much higher than it is right now as well. So those are the factors we're looking for for a capitulation event. Now that doesn't mean that we have to have a capitulation event, but those are typically the best signals for a big move higher and that a that the bear market should be done for. So we'll be continuing to report on that here. And re- uh, really back to that comment really fast because what we've seen so far is that our markets get to these extreme oversold levels and then we get two to three days 
of a rally that really prevent us from getting the capitulation event that we're looking for. And we could be in another one of those scenarios right now. As I mentioned earlier, the rubber band has been stretched so far. We are at extreme oversold levels. Um, and so getting these quick little rallies takes us out of those oversold levels. Uh, and really it's been a uh, sell the rip kind of mentality for this bear market. It's been classic bear market action. But, excuse me, looking at our markets on the day-to-day, as I mentioned, at really every major ETF outside of basically energy is now at extreme oversold levels. So this is a logical level to get a bounce. But we also have hit a lot of fresh 52-week lows here. And we're hitting 52-week lows regularly. That tells you that the path of least resistance is likely lower. You know, same thing when you're seeing a lot of stocks and the major indexes finishing 52-week highs. We say it here often, uh, when you know, last year and really anytime we're at all-time highs, fresh highs begets new highs. So new lows can often beget new lows as well. So that's why we're looking, you know, just like, again, back to a bull market melt-up. You want to, that big, you know, rip your face off, move higher towards the end of a bull market rally is the sign of the end. Uh, so we're looking for that big rip your face off move lower as a sign of the end of this bear market here. Um, and again, today we saw a number of 52 week lows. So take a look at this, looking at our major indexes, the NASDAQ led the way up a nice, just under 1% to 11,736. But after the open this morning, when, as I mentioned earlier, we fell lower. NASDAQ hit its lowest level since November of 2020. So a year and a half. Uh, not a good look there for the NASDAQ. But I will point out here, the tech sector, XLK, and the semis were both able to hold their lows from yesterday. So that's one small bright spot there. And if those sectors can start to find their footing here, we could be looking at a good bear market rally, a very tradable bear market rally. That's what we're looking to do here. Next up, the S&P 500 finished up a quarter of 1% today to 4,001. It also hit a 52-week low, its lowest level since March of 2021. The Russell 2000 finishing really flat on the day-to-day at 1,761, also its lowest level since November of 2020. And lastly, the Dow Jones finished down on the day just over a quarter of 1% to 32,160. And it also its lowest level since March of 2021. But this is when it's important to remember, you know, we've talked a lot about a, a bear market here and our major indexes being in a bear market. We've been in a bear market for longer. I think it's some 30% of NYSE names are in bear market terror down. I'm going to butcher that stat, so I'm not even going to cover it here. Uh, but Kip covered it yesterday with the Russell 2000. Some 80% of Russell 2000 names are below their 200-day moving average. Uh, so we've been in a bear market for really about the last year under the surface. It hadn't looked like it in our major indexes, but it's been a stealth bear market uh, and hopefully coming to the end of it here. Uh, but again, we'll be alerting you to those signs of capitulation as they come. Looking at our internals on the day today, this morning, along with our markets, the internals were looking good. But shortly after the open, we started 
seeing stocks hitting 52-week lows, hitting a large number of stocks hitting 52-week lows. And that's when we made the turn to move lower. Uh, all of the internals flipped from positive to negative um, and really finished just about negative across the board except for NASDAQ volume here. But declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. Although it wasn't the terrible, you know, two to one negative across the board type of day. Um, not even close to two to one negative. 52 week highs to lows were the ugliest though. We had 2,253 stocks hitting 52 week lows to just 27 stocks hitting 52 week lot, 52 week highs. Those are the levels we haven't seen since coronavirus insanity there. So March of 2020, April of 2020. And then lastly, volume came in negative for the NYSE. And actually, it was really almost flat at the close. Came in a little bit better. Uh, so positive volume for the NASDAQ on the day. Looking at our sectors on the day today, let's uh, get a final print here. We finished with four out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. As I mentioned earlier, tech leading the way up a nice one and a half percent. And then also the semis were up, uh, finished up over two and a half percent. So you want to see tech in the semis outperforming everything. We got that today, especially in the semis. And as I mentioned earlier, we're able to hold above the 52 week lows from yesterday. Uh, so better than our major indexes. Good to see there. We were followed there by energy. Next up was communication services and healthcare. Then our laggards on the day was real estate and not what you want to see here. Both the housing index and the home builders hit fresh 52 week lows today. That's not what you want to see. Again, our, our four horsemen here that we've really been watching have been housing, the financials, which also hit a 52 week low today. Um, the transports, which have been able to hold above that level, along with the Dow Jones, has been really been our, our only major sectors and indexes that have been able to hold above their 52-week lows. The transports continued that today, really flat on the day. And then the last one being the semis, as I mentioned earlier, up big. Uh, so really two out of our four major sectors that we're watching here, hitting 52-week lows, not what you want to see. Following real estate were utilities, financials, and consumer staples. And finally for today, our VRA Commodity Watch Gold, now down 1.17% to $1,836 an ounce. Silver, down a big, just been crushed lately, down over 2.5% to $21.25 an ounce. That's the lowest level in silver since July of 2020. And one area a lot of people are watching for here is, of course, the US dollar, which got close to hitting another 52 week high, another multi year high today, right in that range. If we start to get some weakness in the US dollar, these commodities could come back and with a vengeance here. Uh, and the dollar is at overbought readings right now. Uh, so, would not be, this is a, a logical level for that decline to start to happen. Copper also down on the day by 0.85% to $4.15 a pound, its lowest level so far of 2022. And lastly, oil falling now down 3.18%, just below $100 a barrel at $99.80 a barrel. Finally for today, Bitcoin, bit of a volatile day here as well, now positive on the day again, trying to stay above 30,000, broke below it. 
This morning broke below it. Yesterday, really trying hard to hang on above it, but now up just over three quarters of 1%, 31,206 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.